What Evan Morrison. What is up, everybody? Rajiv Nathan and Martin McGovern. Here, founders of Idea Lemon. And this is the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. In case you don't know already, we are on an epic six-week road trip starting in Chicago, headed out west and back to, well, Chicago. Uh, and, and though it's daytime, we were just listening to Wild Night. <laughs> this is our road trip podcast we just left Seattle this morning, and while in Seattle, we sat down with a really cool dude. His name is Steve Kane. He works in product marketing at Microsoft, but he's also got a really legit side project going on. Uh, and he, at the end of the day, he's about good vibes and good energy, and his side project is called Strictly Good Energy. And when we sat down with him, we actually what we love to do with a lot of these episodes is leave it to the guest on what they want to talk about and we straight up ask, what's something that's been on your mind? And for him, he said, what's been on my mind is this idea of when should I be in go, go, go mode and when should I be scaling back and taking my foot off the pedal? So with Steve, we talked about when, do, or what was it again? It's when is the <laughs> right time to put the pedal to the metal. When is the right time to put the pedal to the metal. Before we get started and listen into our conversation with Steve Kane, I want to remind you guys that our road trip is in partnership with Under 30 Experiences, a badass travel community. They take young adults who want to travel all over the world, places like Bali, Peru, Brazil. Martin's been to Iceland. I've been to Costa Rica. We've both been to, been to Belize. These trips have changed our lives. Some of our best friends have come out of it. And some of our best friends who are now our show listeners have come out of it. Hey, E. <laughs> <laughs> so check out under30experiences.com and you can use the promo code IDEALEMON. That's one word, IDEALEMON, for $100 off your booking. If you want to get out from behind your desk and get out and see the world, why not do it with Under 30 Experiences? Do it with other people who love to travel and have ambitious goals and why not get $100 off in the process? Use that promo code IDEALEMON, all one word. Whoa, my uh, throat kind of yeah, did a little yeah. garble there. Anyway, let's dive in now and listen to our conversation with Steve Kane from Seattle. We will check in with you at the end of the show. This is the conversation around when is it time to put the pedal to the metal. And let's on to the show! I guess in the last two years since I finished school, I have kind of been in this balancing act between understanding when to let things go, let things happen to me and make things easier for myself, um, and try to turn up the dial in terms of my work, my energy, my focus and vision. And I'm kind of in that process right now of trying to figure out what is the right uh, equilibrium I can have to maximize my kind of fulfillment, but also do what it takes to hit my goals in the process. Have you, you said equilibrium. Have you defined for yourself what your equilibrium is? It's a great question. Not yet. I think there is a lot of personal development work that I've done in the last year that has given me a sense of calm and centeredness. But hence why I'm asking this question is how do I maintain that sense of calmness uh, of centeredness, but also pushing on achieving my dreams to the fullest possible extent. Um, when I'm able to balance that act is when I feel like I'm achieving true equilibrium. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool because one of the, we were kind of talking before, and one of the quotes that I came across the other day, um, I'll try and look it up and put it in the show notes, but basically there was 
this uh, VC investor, uh, and he was talking about how entrepreneurs are a certain breed where you basically have to sacrifice everything in your life for for at least a few years in order to get to the success level, and then you can live your life how you want to. But in my head, that sounds very similar to the go get a you know job for the rest of your life and maybe retire when you're 60. Um, and one of the questions I have as you bring this up is one to put the pedal to the metal is how how can you find is it possible number one to become an entrepreneur without sacrificing all those things and maintaining a balance as you grow or do you have to focus all on one and not and put other things to the side I'm always curious how that plays out. well that's kind of the difference though between traditional definition of entrepreneur versus lifestyle entrepreneur which is more of what we're doing with idea loving which is right lifestyle based and I think you're doing with strictly good energy as well is what type of lifestyle do you want to have or, or strive for? And what do you need to do to get to that lifestyle? Because the traditional entrepreneur model is what you said. It's no sleep. Um, get huge amounts of investments. Go from building a business to, you know, appeasing shareholders. Exactly. And things that like stuff. that. So, I mean, it's, it's a matter of which one do you want. Like, for me, I don't want the, what, we, what you just mentioned there. I want the lifestyle side of things where... I can balance the things I'm interested in. That said, though, right now is like complete pedal to the metal mode. And there are certain things I have sacrificed and have to sacrifice that I'm also okay with. So, like, for instance, like, it sounds weird, but, like, family life is something that I have pretty much sacrificed sounds bad, but it's lower on my totem pole. Right. Um, You've chosen your burners. Exactly. Right. 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 So... Essentially, it's not to say like I don't care about my parents or my brother or my sister-in-law or my niece. It's that you know I love them dearly, but I can't. I know I can't dedicate as much time as say I would or could if I if we weren't working on Idea Lemon. But I'm okay with that because I know right now the work that needs to happen right now will allow me later on to be able to spend more time with them. Hundred percent know exactly what you're talking about. Um, the way I think of it is if you have a certain amount of chips in your life, you know, poker chips, and each one symbolizes something that matters a lot to you. So one might be family, one might be um, fitness, one might be starting your own business, one might be spending a lot of time with my friends, one might be pursuing dating relationships. We're not perfect, so we're not going to be able to put everything all in at every single moment. Mm-hmm. So selectively choosing what matters to your heart at that time is what's gonna drive your behavior. And some people are willing to sacrifice free time. I know for me, I like the hour I get every afternoon to watch SportsCenter. I don't see myself ever sacrificing that because that keeps me content. Yeah. Um, but there are some people who don't need that and they're willing to sacrifice all those little things in order to make their business happen. So I think the process of figuring out what's best for you um, is the real key and that I'm learning that every day I'm, I think and that's what really prompted this question is because I have kind of felt the powers and the forces that be in my life to say hey some of the things that you've been doing they need to be uh, pulled back in and you need to double down on some of the things that you're doing and meditation fitness um, creating good habits for me right now I'm about to be 25 I'm thinking those are foundational things that I need to incorporate to my life whereas maybe six months ago I saw those not being as important so you can really feel um, what's, I believe everyone can follow in their gut what they should and shouldn't be doing for what's best for them. Um, 
But when you realize that everyone is imperfect, you don't have to put that extra stress on yourself. Like, I need to put all the chips in at once. Yeah. I like that poker chip mentality. Yeah. So if I understand what you're saying, it's, let's say, we're we're playing a round of poker here. I am not necessarily saying that all my chips here represent family, business, leisure, whatever. It's these green colored chips or, you know, these $50 chips are my business. These $25 chips are my family. These $10 chips are leisure life. And you decide how you want to hedge your bet. Right. And I think that what a lot of young people don't realize is there are different dimensions of what those chips can be other than the notion that we have of what success and achievement is. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest learnings that I've had in the last year in growing up, really, is that I used to only connect success and achievement with me getting the best job getting into the best school, getting the best performance review, starting my own company. But what I've realized is there's different elements that can give me personal satisfaction in terms of how I define success. Maybe it's a great night out with my friends. Maybe it's a great podcast with two people I didn't meet, haven't met before, you know, and I can get value and meaning out of that. So really understanding what matters to you and getting outside of the box that success is this contained concept that only like equates to achievement in the latter so we the the first podcast episode which never aired that we did which is our <laughs> trial run that was, i did not know no no no. that was the other one I oh, thought okay we got together <laughs> and had breakfast oh yeah, yeah yeah which i guess in both cases we were having breakfast but this was the one in chicago yeah. not in la so the trial run that we never released because it the audio quality wasn't good and we decided it we needed a third person in the conversation, essentially. Uh, we it's originally a lot of did talk we, about eggs. <laughs> we Breakfast, did, eggs. <laughs> we originally did. Uh, what's your definition of success? Yeah, Martin, do you remember what your answer was for that? Uh, I think I said my definition of success was someone who found balance in all the areas of life that were important to him. That's right in line with what we're talking yeah, about right yeah. now, right? Yeah. Mine was was slash still is uh, definition of success is that I made the people around me the people who knew me proud to know me that's a great one and vice versa I was proud to know the people that I knew in my lifetime now it took us when we did that an hour to come to that conclusion respectively being put on the spot do you know what what you define success as because that helps I think in determining the pedal versus you know putting the brakes on things totally I've thought a lot about this, and I think it's uh, different based on the pursuit that I am going after. Um, but ultimately, I think it really is around people. If I am making people a happier, uh, more proud, inspired, taking them to one level to another in terms of uh, just, I guess, their development, I think that's what I consider success. Um, Partly, but I think another thing that I'm really starting to learn, consider success, is am I being the purest, most honest version of myself every day? Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm truly being myself, standing for what I believe in, expressing myself in the most natural manner, then I don't feel disappointment. So that's kind of where I'm currently like leading myself now. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Now, here's another 
curveball slash bat. I don't know. Maybe it's a fastball. Yeah. Maybe it's a screwball. <laughs> You're you said, a screwball. So you said, uh, if you're constantly following what you believe in, so what do you believe in? Doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. Uh, being a good person. Mm-hmm. Being generous when I can. Helping others. Uh, Is that what led you to create your site? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I think that what what led to me creating the site was I did a lot of introspection in the last year about kind of what is my purpose in the world, mm-hmm. universe. Um, really as a central question that I don't know how many people truly ponder, but I've really asked myself the hard question, why are you here, Steve? What is your purpose um, to this world? And I kind of determined that I felt as though my purpose was to bring delight, joy, and love to people's lives. Um, And I think that goes hand in hand with being who I am because I try to express those feelings of warmth and graciousness in my everyday actions. So that's kind of how, I guess, Strictly Good Energy started. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I've been pretty consistent if you ask people about what the movement and uh, the theme of my content is supposed to embody. And it's really to kind of spread love and, and try to impart how to be a good person. It's like the the Bob Marley mentality. Yeah, he believed you could literally cure the world's pain and illnesses with music, right? And love, right? <laughs> right, right. No, and it's been an amazing experience. Uh, it, it's hard to criticize someone for wanting to just spread optimism and and upward feelings, you know? So Someone it's been will rewarding. Find a way to criticize. That is true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. And once and purpose. once I get haters, that's when I know I've made it. Yeah. Uh, or making it at least. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, no, I th- you know, the, it's hard to say what the definitive answers to these questions are. I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um but that's kind of where I I currently am, yeah. <laughs> I'd say. Right on, right on. And I think a cool part of this question of when to put the pedal to the metal is the fact that you know, it, there's so many different stages of doing these different things. So there's the introspective stage. So what actually led you to, you know, take the time to sit and ask yourself these life-changing questions? I know that for a very long time, most people, everyone in this room at least, uh, has been focused on a certain type of success that we were taught uh, when we were younger. And so that usually leads to a point where you have to make a decision. And for me, it was, you know, changing careers and overcommitting myself and all these other things that kind of culminated into a point where I was like, I need to take a step back and reconsider all these decisions that I've made. Who Was it me actually making those and things like that? I know you've had similar kinds of uh, discussions in your own head. I'm just kind of curious, how did we all get to that point where we kind of took a step back and said, okay, now I really do need to take the time to ask these questions and then see what I can build from the answers. Right, right. I think it's different for everyone, but when you know, you know. And if you're honest with yourself, that's when you're going to realize that maybe some things need to change and I need to ante up again. I know for me, about a year ago is when I knew not when to put the pedal to the metal, but when to take my foot off the gas in a major way. Um, Why is that? What happened? I was having some just trouble and discontent with my day job, and then my startup fell. 
and I had put an incredible amount of physical, spiritual, emotional energy into my startup. And while also going to a job every day during this time that wasn't uplifting me, I had a lot of kind of negative forces in my life, all not helping me accomplish what I thought was my goal, which was to start a tech startup and be just the best employee that I could uh, at Microsoft at the time. And what I realized was I needed to just take a step back and stop gripping so deeply into this like conception that I had of success and achievement. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started meditating and kind of centering myself and realizing that I didn't want to be someone who had to force things to make things happen. I wanted to be someone who could make things look easy without effort, like a graceful ballerina who makes things look easy or some of like a silky smooth basketball player who goes down the lane and, and the announcer says, wow, that guy just makes it look easy. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of channeled that energy and for the last year, that's really how Strictly Good Energy was born out of this zenfulness and trust in myself that everything was gonna be okay. And as long as I let things go, the universe is gonna waltz with me in the right direction. But now, I think there's been other factors personally in my life that are saying, hey, Steve, it's time to step it up. Some of the things that you've been doing the past few years, you should change. You should maybe increase uh, how much you put on these habits and decrease these habits a little more, realign, and now I'm starting to feel this different energy about me. Um, and that's all because I'm listening to my heart in the end of the day. And uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. And it takes time. I think a month ago, I could not see further than you know a day out. I was just confused. I wasn't really excited. I felt like I was walking in quicksand. You know that feeling when you're just like, I don't have it. It's not there. It's like uh, Gatorade had a commercial a long time ago. <laughs> they're like athlete's body, like not using Gatorade versus Gatorade. And it was like there's a baseball player hits the ball and then tries running to first, but it's like they're running through dirt that's up to their chest. Right. And they're struggling to make it through. And it's so hard to be content when you're there. You're like, oh my God, I know I'm there. I know I'm like have dirt halfway up to my chest, but I I want to be out of it. And you know, that's when you kind of freak out. But if you just trust the path and make those incremental changes each day, the compound effect can be somewhere where you're ready to do more. Mm -hmm. um, does that make sense? Yeah, what are some of the habits that you're transitioning between? Yeah, so personal question, but I'd love to, to talk about it. Um, a few things. One, I feel as though I'm at my best when I'm meditating consistently. So if I can get some time in meditating, mindfulness every day, uh, I'm a better person. I'm a better listener. Uh, I feel the day more. I'm more creative, uh, and I'm more optimistic. So meditation is huge for me. Exercise. Having a, I need to feel good about my body, and that's just exercise and diet. So if I'm gonna go out every weekend and drink a lot and eat unhealthy, I know when I wake up Sunday morning, even Monday morning, I'm not gonna feel good about my mind, body, and soul. So drinking a little less, uh, eating healthier, and having a consistent workout regimen. No, it's like easy and basic, and we all try to do it, but that really affects. Easier to say than easier say to done, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it, that really affects my mental energy and I'm far from being where I want to be but I know that's important to me um, I'm trying to put my phone down before 9 p.m. every night it's hard <laughs> not there at all um, you can also get those orange glasses for the days that you do keep the phone on yeah Are you the blue with that? no 
It blocks the blue light, which is the light that keeps you up at night. Oh, okay. They also make you look like Terminator. Right. It's pretty cool. I should get that because I just spend way too much time on social media, like while I'm falling asleep, where mm-hmm. I could be reading or writing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just implementing these little goals uh, into my daily habits, I think, is really key. So before I can even think about my lofty dreams and ambitions to be the person that I want to be and who I can be proud of one day, I need to implement kind of these keystone habits in my everyday in order to get there. You know, and so really trusting the process, which is hard, um, is essential for me to get to where I want to go. And you're, I'm talking to you guys in this podcast right in my early stages of this transformation totally. vision. When I'm finally so putting the pedal, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, um, right. No, I, I really like where you're headed with that because, and that is really the difference between I think the traditional model of the entrepreneur versus what's coming to the surface now, which is more of the lifestyle type entrepreneur, or even just the I can take a few moments to myself entrepreneur, right? Because um, really, what you're getting at is that, and this is what we talked about with Adam Griffin on the last episode, is that everything that you do is a habit. And when you start to own that, that's what, that's what Adam mentioned. When you start to own the fact that everything's a habit, you realize everything can be changed. Right. And it's either a good habit or a bad habit. Right. And you can increase the good and decrease the bad, but you have to own it first mm-hmm. that everything's a habit. Um, and I totally agree with you that it really is about getting whatever those cornerstones or whatever you want to call them, the pillars. Yep. Um, and we've talked before, Martin, the, the four pillars of the good mm-hmm. life concept, um, all this stuff. Getting those down makes everything else easier. So like, I'm right with you there. I meditate every day. Uh, sans this road trip, I do yoga every day. Mm-hmm. Um, those two things make me uh, 10 times more productive than right. I think otherwise. And just help me collect my thoughts and be a better business person. Yep. Without that, I think there's way more tactical errors that we make as a business. Um, it's probably more stupid shit I bring up <laughs> when we're trying to create things. Uh, yeah, I think I think one of the benefits has been cutting back uh, or scaling back on stupid shit that I usually bring up. <laughs> um, but those are the things that... <laughs> he's like, maybe. <laughs> we just spend a lot of time in the car together. <laughs> um, it's true, though. But that's all... You know, it, it's like, if I let those things fall by the wayside, then I'm not being that you know, truest version or whatever you want to call it, the highest potential version. Because I think that if you, and we, we've talked about this a few times recently, but the, the quote or whatever you want to say that I started using recently is build a lifestyle around what you love and let everything else fit in where it needs to, Yeah. not the other way around. And I've done the other way around before, mm-hmm. and it's hell. Same, <laughs> same, same. No, and I think the reason I was so quiet while you were talking about that is because I have not been meditating. I try, and I get maybe four minutes, which is still better than nothing, but it is a real struggle for me. Um, and I am I think the whole time you're talking, I was just wondering how much stupid shit I talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but we have these podcasts. Go back and exactly. find that out. <laughs> no, we all do. We all do. Yeah. No, it's like when you're trying to swim in the deep end when you don't have your proverbial training wheels on. You're not going to be able to go toward the direction you think you might want to get to. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that now that I'm kind of laying the foundation of like kind of my core self, I'm able to have a better view um, 
and for the sake of the metaphor, buoyancy, I guess, to go toward the right direction that I want to go toward. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, well, and, and <laughs> yeah. The, thing, the thing that I'm curious about with this question is we talk about ramping up and we talk about scaling back. Right. And I notice that when I have a very regular routine schedule, it's much easier to get up and go for a run at 6 a.m. and get the day started correctly and journal and all the things that I love to do in the morning, have a, a good breakfast, yet we come on this trip and everything's to hell, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, I didn't fall asleep till 3.30 in the morning last night. So like, now everything's off, but what, as, as you work on these habits and you build these things, and you talked about how you know you haven't been doing yoga every day on this trip. What are the things that can be done so that regardless of whether you're ramping up or scaling back, you can still keep the core habits and the core things that you wanna be working on? Is there a way to do both? Is there a way to have those things consistent no matter how crazy it gets or how simple it gets? To be completely honest, I admire you guys for going on this road trip while working on something that is so passionate toward you know for mm-hmm. you because that that question that you're asking right now I do not know the answer to. I know for me right now I need a few months in Seattle doing my thing, not going on road trips or crazy vacation because I don't know how to stabilize. I know that if I get a little out of my habit and I travel for a weekend, it's going to be really hard for me to get back to center. So that's just the honest struggle that I have. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm somewhere probably in between, too, because like I, I feel like I've kept certain habits in check while other ones have completely... Masturbating doesn't count. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's just no room. Um, but there's, uh, there is this kind of like, I've kept certain things in, in, in check and been very good and mindful of them while like I used to run every day and now that's just completely gone because we're in a car for eight hours and the last thing you want to do when you get out of the car is go for a six mile run and so oh, yeah. it's, it is one of those crazy things where um, maybe it's, it's just a I have that mindset of you know the last thing I want to do when I get out of the car is go for a run but I just need to change that I need right. to sit down with myself and really think well would you prefer to be sitting there with locked legs and, yeah. and feeling like, oh, tomorrow's going to be even harder if I go for a run? Or are you just going to quiet that voice and just go do something? Because that's better than nothing. Well, my solution for it has been, and I think you know this, Martin, but you just you can't look at everything as all or nothing. Mm-hmm. It's not either I... Whatever. I don't know, what are you at, 20 minutes a day meditation, 10 minutes? Yeah, like 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day, right? It's not if you don't meditate 10 minutes, you're, you don't meditate. Mm-hmm. Like, as you were talking, I just remember, I have not meditated today, and usually I start every morning with that. But I'm not like, well, fuck, i got to stop meditating now. You just think of it as, like, what can you accomplish? So I haven't done it with – That's a great point. I haven't set a minimum with meditation, but, like, for the other things, it's – can I at least get a minimum in, right? We always talk in the entrepreneur world about minimum viable product. Mm -hmm. And you have minimum viable exercise. Mm -hmm. So like the other day, uh, when we were up in the mountains staying at the Airbnb spot, uh, before I decided I was gonna shower, I was like, I'm gonna do push-ups because I know I hadn't done like an actual workout that day. And so I did some push-ups. And I can say, you know, I've gotten my exercise in. It's not the best, but it's something. Right. So that's, you have to just like look at it as what can you fit in even when the rest of it, you know, the schedule might not be stabilized. You can stabilize yourself within that by just having an idea of it in mind of what. So if you can't do ten minutes, can you at least do two? Right. Or can you meditate while you're driving to work? Totally. I mean, obviously your eyes should be open, but no. I, I, it, and how do we 
make sure that we're not being too hard on ourselves. Because if you have this goal to run six miles while you're on a road trip and you don't do it and you beat yourself up, then all of a sudden you're not going to have your personal motivation to then run that one mile like you're talking about the next day. Um, so that's that's a that's totally in line with with uh, what you're talking about. Well, and that goes back to the mindfulness piece because now that we're sitting here talking about it, and I mean I've always known like oh we're at the end of the day uh, I didn't really work out today all right well, maybe tomorrow. Um, but then tomorrow turns into the next day, turns into the next day, right. and suddenly you find yourself in a rut. Yeah. And so then you have to start, a lot of people will get into a rut and be like, oh, God, it has, it's been a week, now it's going to be so much harder. And like all the three months yeah. I did before, this went to waste. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a oh, defeatist I, attitude, yeah, it's and like, we all have it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, all that muscle memory is gone, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's, that's the one piece that I have been good at, I think, which is when you realize you're in a rut, just the next day is a new day. And just right. if that's the day you start, that's the day you start. Don't worry about what happened the past week. Totally. And I think that really does help when you're ramping up and down with these different things in your life. You've got a full-time job and a side hustle. That's a lot of work. I, I, one of the biggest things that I've learned in the last two years is to have a short memory. <laughs> and what I mean by that is if you look at any great NFL quarterback after they throw an interception oh, on the sideline. Yeah, concussions. concussions. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I have a short memory. <laughs> Hilarious. That's really funny. No, but if you like really look at a, a great shooter in the NBA or yeah. a great quarterback, after they make a terrible play, they're not beating themselves up. You need to just move on and yeah. be okay with it. So just to your point, um, I feel like that applies so much in business. If I'm beating myself up for having – a bad meeting at one o'clock. How am I going to go into my two p.m. presentation and perform my best? There's no possible way. Um, so it's about being patient, having that short memory, and forgiving yourself, which well, is so like, key. Like I think Michael Jordan has said, like I've made the most buzzer beaters, but I've also missed the most buzzer beaters. Right. And that's yeah, that's the whole like Gretzky mindset too, which is you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Um, I think I first learned that while golfing. Because, like, every single... Every shot he missed. Every shot is just, like... And if you really let it get to you, your arms will hurt and your back will hurt and you'll be shaking with, like... You'll get... And that none of that helps because what makes a good swing is being calm and fluid. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you get up there and you're like, oh, I just got to crush it, you're just going to totally screw everything up. And I went golfing for the one time this year, like, a couple weeks ago. And every shot, I was just, like... Eh, whatever. Like someone's keeping score, but I'm yeah. not. And I just like every shot was a new shot, and uh, it, yeah. I mean, it it definitely applies there, and totally. it's a little harder maybe in business because it's not as simple as strokes, right? But definitely. But even with that though, like, it's about what approach are you taking to it? Because you could look at golf as as important as other as IDLM, and let's say. But you don't because you know it's not something that you really care about. You're just doing it because it's fun. You're with your family. Same thing with any other, you know, I think what we often fall into is we treat everything as equally significant because it's something that we're doing. Yeah. Involved in. But in yeah. reality, like I used to do that with golf. Like I used to get really pissed when I play poorly. Yeah. I still play poorly, but I realized I don't play consistently enough to ever get very good. Gotta be easy. <laughs> on, and that you have to be nice to yourself. We're so mean to ourselves. Yeah. We are all so mean to ourselves and saying how, I, you know, we're not the best. I shanked this shot. I'm horrible. I missed this shot. I'm terrible. I didn't respond to this email in time. I'm the worst. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've been working on is how do I self-love as much as possible? Um, 
what was that quadrant that we saw recently that were like that from Anna Friedman's blog? It was like I don't know. He said self love. You said masturbation. That's <laughs> a whole thing right now. <laughs> uh, no, Do you remember the, that though? It was like it was like the the four voices, and one of that, and it was like uh, champion critic or whatever. Oh. And then the one that was in the critic quadrant was your inner voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because really it's good. like you know that's really what it is. We're always. We're always so hard on ourselves. So there's a book called uh, Positive Intelligence that I read about a year ago when I was kind of going through this uh, lack of self-love, if you will. And in the book, they cited this concept of the judge, which is that voice in your head that tells you you can't or that tells you you're bad. So what they said was anytime you have this negative thought that comes into your mind, label it as the judge being there. So I started doing that. And so when I would go into a meeting and present and maybe kind of fumble a few words, I would hear the judge coming into my head and be like, oh, there's the judge, like, get out. Mm-hmm. Um, if I would go to the gym and not lift as much as I wanted and start getting down on myself about my strength, I would cite the judge being there. And that really helped me erode uh, self-criticism. Um, and I'm still battling it every day. Yeah. You know, I'm still battling it. Um, well, I, can't, I can't remember who said this, so I feel bad not being able to attribute it, but uh, there was someone who was saying every time he had that voice in his head that would be like, you're an idiot, he would give it a really ridiculous voice. So he'd be like, nah, you're an idiot. Right. And, like, <laughs> and so he'd be like, he'd just start laughing at the voice and be like, wow, that voice sounds ridiculous. Like I'm going to keep moving forward. <laughs> uh, I've, I've also heard you labeling that voice as like, the douchebag, or like you, yeah. you bastard, yeah. or like you know, asshole. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, like just get out of my head, head. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it helps. It like helps. You can talk back to the voices. Right. Yeah. Right. You might look crazy, but you can do right. it. Right. Yeah. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> just keep it in your head. It'd be like a. I'm sitting in here arena. alone, right? I'm just. This is all just me battling. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. These are all just the voices in your own head. It's nice to know I'm always a voice in your head. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but Steve, I like what you're saying there with. Um, not being so hard on yourself. I think a lot of this is, it's the yoga mindset of, like, no one ever says they're going to the yoga game. It's like, I'm practicing yoga. Mm-hmm. I, this is my yoga practice. And I think you came across that mm-hmm. one of your teachers the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lifelong practice. Right. Which, that's kind of how everything should be. That's a, a great point. Practice. And that's you a have goals point. that you want to accomplish. Right. But because you're always practicing, even if you have a setback, it's right. like, okay, well, I'm going to practice again tomorrow. Right. And that's right. how that's how I've kind of kept my sanity about things. And, I mean, specifically with yoga, it's helped as well um, as and, and everything else. But it's like, how could I possibly really kick myself if I know that tomorrow I'm going to practice it again? Right. Whatever it is. And that's, that's I think that's how I've been able to just be more clear about what's going on. Right, right. And I think the balance is having that mentality of knowing that tomorrow's a new day, as corny as it sounds, but if you don't have a North Star, a lot of times in marketing when we're designing a new product and figuring out what the strategy we want behind to kind of sell it in either internally or tell the story with some of our users and customers is we try to have that North Star, you know, that, that stake in the ground that says like, no matter what, this is what we're trying to accomplish this theme, this vision, you know, um, and if you have that, and for some people it's easy, you know, some people is like, I want to be a musician, and I want to win 
Grammys as a result, and they have that skill and talent and drive, so they can always put that out there. For us, I think it's a little different, you know? We wanna express ourselves. We wanna, we all have different forms of success. It's not necessarily a hard skill, you know, or as clear cut. Um, but if you can merge, and I think this is kind of answering the question, but if you can merge, are you advancing toward your North Star every day? And are you forgiving yourself when you don't live up to your lofty expectations? Um, I think that's the that's that's the direction. I really like that because one of the things that I think has kept me from beating myself up when I get into ruts is the fact that if I take myself this year and compare it to myself three years ago, the difference is huge, mm-hmm. um, both in just my health and, and the things I'm focused on and the people I've surrounded myself with. And so even if I go a week without working out, which is gives you that like uh, tingly, what is, what is that? Like restless leg, leg syndrome, yeah. mm-hmm. drives me crazy at night. Uh, even if that happens, I'm still way, way, way in a better place than I was three years ago, and I can be content in that right. and beat myself up. That's a that's a great way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. Because um, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit in life. I, I know I always kind of shortchange my achievements and downplay my success. See, I do the opposite. <laughs> I, I, I glorify you, everything. I, I wish I did. <laughs> Maybe I asked Rush did you yesterday. See this omelet? <laughs> yeah, I asked Rush yesterday if he thought uh, it, we we have this book of questions. And what was the question? It was, would you if you could be famous, would you? And well, I said I already kind of am. <laughs> but, no, I was just acknowledging the truth. It's true. Yeah. I didn't say I was world, like world famous, no. but there are people. In in my world, I have I am a degree of famous. That's but, awesome. But that's the whole point. It's knowing that your goals are part of your world, right? Not other people's worlds, right? And so you take the musician who wants the Grammys, right? Well, we would ask, why do you want a Grammy? Mm-hmm. Is it because you need someone else to validate that you're a good musician, or are you? Is there other things that being a musician gets you in life? Flexibility, your friendships, your constant um, pursuit of creativity. Like, uh, I, I think uh, the guys who did Flight of the Concords, right? Um, they were music comedians because they weren't good enough to just be regular comedians, mm-hmm. is like what they said. Mm-hmm. And then Britt ends up winning an Oscar for the Muppets movie. Like, do you think he ever sat down and was like playing his comedic guitar stuff thinking, someday I'm gonna get an Oscar. Right. But no, it just happens because he I doesn't, know. It, going back to our it's, thing, yeah. when, when do you let things just happen serendipitously? I know. Because he was like, oh, well, I couldn't do this, so maybe this channel works, so this medium works. And then he went down that path, and it worked so well, he got this gig and this other opportunity, and suddenly he's an Oscar winner. I think he just followed his heart. He, you know, he was followed his heart and was honest with himself. He's like, I love to play music. I like to be funny. You know, did he know that it would direct him in, you know, film Hall of Fame, not necessarily, but he did him. Exactly. He did him. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the, so that brings up, um, I think, what helps in determining when you should push the pedal versus ease up is, is the thing driven by, is it extrinsically driven or intrinsically driven? Right. A lot of the things that we do are to seek validation from some other being, entity, person, whatever it might be. And when you do things in order to seek validation from others, that's when you you do things that aren't true to yourself and that you don't really want to do, and then you end up in 
I don't know, you might end up in a job you don't really like because maybe your parents said it'd be the safe thing to do, that kind of stuff. Um, it's also where we learn to beat ourselves up because other people tell us that we didn't accomplish something. Like you don't get an A, suddenly you're beating yourself up because you didn't get that A. And that's where we learn that skill. Suddenly you're B beating yourself oh, up. Oh, well see what I did there? <laughs> or could <laughs> could could crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're onto something, and I think that goes back to the difference between a lifestyle entrepreneur and uh, an entrepreneur in the classic sense, because. An entrepreneur in the classic sense, not every time what you're working on in the company you're building necessarily drives back to your personal mission statement. I know I've had that problem. I've started companies in the past where I confuse the vision of this company and the vision that I have for myself, Steve Kane. And that's why I feel more empowered to truly follow the voice of Steve so I don't have to be limited by um, the vision that I might have for something outside of me. Uh, that I create and then has to go on, on its own. What um, What's an example of a previous business then where you had company vision versus your personal vision? Yeah, so I, friend and I came up with an idea. It was for a uh, social geolocational app that told you the best place to go out at night. Mm-hmm. And we thought this was a cool idea and we worked really hard on getting it together. It was called Social Forecast and a ton of mistakes were made there, but one of them is we put idea before vision, and we actually had to post humorously apply a vision and a mission to the company after working on it for months, which is mistake number one. But mistake number two was the vision that we applied was so far away from the vision that I was trying to accomplish for myself then. I think the, the vision that we applied to the company was um, the mission is to help people go out and achieve they are having the best night. Well, that wasn't really anything I quite cared about at that point. <laughs> so that completely changed things and misapplied yeah. you know, how I thought about building something. And I have having a very similar uh, internal existential dialogue with myself about Strictly Good Energy. I originally launched Strictly Good Energy as a lifestyle movement to spread love, courage, and generosity. But what I've realized is that's actually limited me from the full range of what I care about most, uh, which is expressing myself even outside those parameters. So I'm kind of now pivoting back to making sure that Strictly Good Energy is a platform for me to express myself, not just love, courage, optimism, but also just my insight on how to best prepare yourself on a Sunday night, which might be something different. and I'm sure you could find a way to fit that under love, courage, or optimism. Uh, for like sure. That's having an optimistic Monday. Maybe for sure. You prepare yourself on Sunday. For sure. But I think what you mentioned there is really important is, same with us, like Idea Lemon started as a platform we created to learn the things we wanted to learn in life that mm-hmm. other, other factors or other beings were not providing us. So like our day jobs at the time gave us something, but not everything that we wanted to learn. And outside of that, we may have had friends here or there who were providing value in certain ways, but we didn't have like the one thing we could turn to and be like, we want to learn about that, so let's just make it happen. And that's how it started, was in, right. just this platform to express and learn what we wanted to learn. And mm-hmm. so as a result of following that intrinsic motivation to go out and learn what you want to learn, that's kind of your North Star, right, that you guys are marching to. Have you, as a result, how are you getting people to follow that? I think it comes from 
Well, tactically, content, right? Uh-huh. The, uh, the email newsletter that I write is roughly two to three times a week, and it's a good story to read about building your life and career the way you want to, mm-hmm. whether it's time management stuff, um, identifying haters in your life, anything like that. So content-wise, that's how you get people on board with it. I think, I don't know, almost more than that, though, is it's it's so cliche to say, but actually living what you're talking about. Right. Um, I don't think at any point have we taught or said the things that we have not believed ourselves or done ourselves. Or been striving towards. Or, yeah, like or been this, striving This conversation it. today, we're not perfect at everything, but we've talked about struggles of it and what we're striving to accomplish yeah so i think it comes with that um i don't know you think anything else martin asking questions and and doing things like this like the fact that one of the things we're curious about is asking deep questions makes people open up and be vulnerable and when you've opened up and you've become vulnerable you buy in to things Mm -hmm. so if you think about your best friends, they're your best friends because they've told you secrets. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to protect those secrets. They're going to protect your secrets. And you're going to have a bond. And it was kind of funny on uh, the Periscope we did earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone was like, oh, no, you're sharing the secret of Periscope with the ice cream guy. And we, I was like, what do you mean? I was like, secrets are good. You're supposed to share secrets. Secrets are what engage people and bring them into your life. Right. And the same goes with our content. We we share stories from our life that people normally wouldn't share, and we ask people to share back, and those people engage, and then become our friends, and then those friends. That's a big part of it going. is the asking people for their thoughts too, because mm-hmm. um, it really is with a lot of the people in our readership. It really is a rapport we've developed with them, because mm-hmm. like most of what I'll write in the newsletter, I'll put a I'll put a question in the end, be like, here's okay, you've read this. Here's what, uh, or I want to know, how would you approach the situation? Or, you know, reply to me with one thing that X, whatever it might, whatever X might represent in that specific story. Mm -hmm. And I'll get responses back. And then it starts this dialogue with people. And now it's funny because, like, certain people I've never met in person before, but I probably know more about them than their closest friends know about them. Uh, And that's, that's a connection, I think, that we strive to achieve with people. Like, even to the point of, so some of the places we've been staying at on this road trip, we've been doing through the couch surfing app. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy, the review from one of the nights in Denver, he was like, uh, Martin and Raj were great to, ha- to host. Uh, they asked some really deep questions that make conversations more interesting. And it was like funny because even in just a casual, like, let's get a beer because we're staying with you and we want to hang out. Like, even in that setting, we were able to bring that mindset that we have. Like, I don't even think we thought about it. It's just, it just happened where we started talking about like deep things with the other person right and i love that for two reasons one your guys are just living out in your day-to-day when you're not trying what you want to be doing and two i think i read one of your emails that was talking about kind of a question that you prompted i think in denver that kind of took the icebreaker to the next level yeah um is just removing the mundane from our everyday conversation why can't we just break through to the real shit right away talk about what matters um, well, that was, and that you feel was, that much more alive. Yeah, that's yeah. always been my kind of one of my mantras. And that was like the genesis of Idea Lemon, where right. we didn't like networking events because it was the same shit. And we said, let's create our own where people actually talk to each other. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's it's fun too because, especially if you can't stand small talk, 
uh, which we can't. <laughs> it's like uh, talking about the, although on this trip maybe talking about the weather could get interesting somewhere along the way. But <laughs> the weather's amazing in Seattle today. <laughs> Quick Seattle weather plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know. I didn't know Mother Nature could get its own plug. Yeah, <laughs> Mother Nature roughing it up in this office. Um, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> the weather, something, something about the about weather. Mundane. We don't like to talk about the weather, but oh yeah, uh, getting away from the mundane. I think that really shows in every aspect of your life that you want to be successful. And if you want close friendships, close relationships, if you want to be close with your parents, if you, like everyone has that moment when they go out to dinner with their parents and they've reached a certain age and their parents start telling them things that they would normally gloss over <laughs> back right. in the day. Like I remember <laughs> I went out with my, I'm not going to say specifics, but um, there, we were just talking about some random stuff. My mom finishes her sentence and she goes, well, I guess now you know what I think about that. And I was <laughs> right. like, I guess I do. <laughs> yeah. We've broken through another layer. Right. And like, you just kind of sit and you just allow those conversations to open up with everyone and don't withhold and you it's amazing when that's I totally agree I met a friend of a friend a few weeks ago when I was visiting Portland and instantly there was mutual recognition that if we grew up together or if we went to school together or if we worked together we'd be best friends but we both recognized it instantly and I said to him I was like do you want to skip all the BS and just be boys right now <laughs> <laughs> and he was like dude yes <laughs> and like within less than 24 hours of knowing this kid we were talking about you know relationships yeah. you know life our goals our dreams and why not? Yeah. You know, sometimes you want to dial it back and kind of talk about just, you know, the silly, the stupid. And I think there's definitely a huge place for that. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can get there, like hosting these conversations that you guys are, I think it's totally worth it. And you add a lot more color into the world as a result. I actually have realized that I struggle. The more we do this stuff, the more I struggle with dialing back to just casual conversation. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but... I'm really, I've gotten to a point where it's very tough for me to just skim the surface with people. Yeah. And sometimes it sucks because people don't want to get into deep shit sometimes. Yeah. And it's not like everything is like pressing life question, but it's just like, I don't, like, I don't really, like, I've never asked someone, what do you do? Like, I'll ask, like, what do you enjoy or something like that? And ideally that gets into a better conversation, but there are instances where people just like, they're very closed off and then I, but I don't know, maybe that's not, that's not worth my time anyways. I think it's to each his own. To each his own. Not everyone who doesn't enjoy opening up and talking about deep questions is not worth your time. I think there's just something different that they might be able to offer. Mm -hmm. um, but if for you, that you know that like someone like that would not engage you the way you feel like you want to be engaged out of people, that's also fair. Well, it's like, I was, so I remember being told when I was younger, like, you have to pay attention to sports. Like, at least read the sports page before you go to work so you have something to talk about with people. And I would try. I really did try for a couple of years to, like, I sat and I watched some games and I pulled some names out of a hat and tried to connect with people. But it's so obvious that I don't care. Smith, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Erlacher, right? And, like, it's so obvious. And, like, then... You know, someone says, hey, want to get lunch? And I end up talking about, you know, high school for like six hours and like the different cliques and stuff. Like, that's interesting to me. And those are the conversations that, I, or on a more, you know, superficial level, I'll talk about Joker or Batman forever. But like, 
what I find so interesting about that is what you're saying, is it good or bad? It depends. But what I've noticed is I've become more and more of an introvert since we've started doing all these things um, because I no longer crave filling that space. Right. Um, and one of the things that I find interesting about this road trip in general is I don't always feel a need to say something, um, whereas I in high school or, or college, I definitely did. Mm-hmm. And I would make myself feel like try and put myself into situations where I'd force conversations where now I don't feel like that's necessary because I have people in my life that I can have good conversations with and I don't need to fill that space. That's an awesome like self-awareness and great thing to aspire to. I think we can all, you know, pick and choose whether or not speaking or having to be involved in something is uh, really necessary. Yeah, and you know what, as you said that, what actually crossed my mind was maybe it is a good thing that I'm not scaling back and keeping it cool in a lot of my conversations. Not that I never, you know, can be casual, but Maybe it's a good thing that that happens less and less because I've also thought, I've also just realized, but at the same time, I'm having less and less of the conversations that I don't want to have in totally. the first place, right? So it's like I'm wasting less of my time. Yeah, and the <laughs> ones you're having are ones like this. Like, yeah. We could have gotten coffee with you and had a Which I think was the initial, like, yeah. hey, we'll be in town. You're like, let's get coffee. Yeah. And, and that would have like, been well, 30 minutes of us so. talking about our jobs. Yeah, it would have. It would have. <laughs> would have moved on. That's a great point. Versus something like this. And, and giving, as we said, giving yourself excuses to do things like this. Right. I love that phrase from you guys. Give yourself excuses to do things you want. I'm definitely yeah. going to take that with me. Totally. That's a good one. It's a nice, nice little nugget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think another key to this whole thing is not caring about what other people think about you. And... I myself have struggled with that over the years and um, recently I think I've eclipsed that point of really giving a shit about what other people think about me and that's yeah. kind of going with the same notion of like when should I say something or you know if this is someone I don't want to talk to I'm not going to talk to them you know that feeling of internal self-confidence uh, to really only care about what you care about and I know that might come across a little bit as selfish um, but it's not to say we're not bad people or or we are bad people i think it's just you know doing what's best for you is okay right that's something i struggle with because i'm a people pleaser so i always want to make everyone around me happy so it's like oh crap i'm not engaging in this relationship enough right now i didn't text this person am i going to get down on myself or i'm going to post something am i going to think about what other people think about me as a result it's okay yeah (laughs) Yeah, and I I like that because I still struggle with that a lot, um, worrying about what other people are thinking. And sometimes a quick hack that I use to just get around it is in my head just be like, yeah, that's the personality you're going to play tonight. And so, like, I'll go into situations. Like, after your show, Raj, um, I was – you could have classified me as, like, a space cadet. I was just floating around having, like, hellos to people but not really engaging anyone because I didn't want to have a deep conversation. It was late. And I didn't want to have any small talk conversations, so I just kind of was, was like, was late. <laughs> and so like I just kind of was like floating in and out of groups, and like at a certain point I was like Irish exit and yeah. like disappeared, and like that sort of a thing. I kind of in my head instead of getting all riled up and worried, oh is this person thinking I'm not engaging, or is this person going to think I'm an asshole because I didn't say hello, or is this person? I just kind of was like tonight I'm going to be aloof, right? And like 
I don't have the energy to do anything a else. Shower loofah? Yeah, a shower. I'm gonna be a shower loofah. I'm gonna be a shower loofah. <laughs> no, it's true. And also the other thing is like no one's thinking about you. No, you're the not. only person who's thinking about yourself. Yeah, it's 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 a hack in your own head yeah. to be okay with being the aloof person that night or the space cadet that night. And if someone calls you a space cadet, they're like, yeah, yeah, I was last night, being totally fine. Yeah. Well, so okay, so to your point, Steve, about um, you shouldn't care about what other people think. I don't know if I necessarily agree to that to that degree. Mm-hmm. I think it's less thinking about it, don't care about what other people think, and instead realize you can't control what other people mm. think. But what we always say in the workshops we teach is, you can't control what other people think, but you can control what you put out there. Right. And, and therefore, you, you can influence what other people think about you. Right. So I think it's more about that. It's not, it's not oh, I don't give a shit about what anyone thinks, because anyone who says that is lying, because right. there's always a degree to care about mm-hmm. what people think. But right. it's more about, okay, I cannot control what any one person thinks. I need to be okay with that. And what I can do to help my own cause and my own sanity is understand what am I putting out into the ether, body language, am I writing things, what am I saying, any of that stuff. Like, it's all fair game now. And at this point, everything can be tracked and recorded. So it really is like everything you put out there influences how someone's going to think about you. So right, right. It's or, more about just being cognizant of of what you're saying and what you're putting out there. Or selecting who, who you, matters, who matters mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, with my boss or a close friend or my parents, of course I care about what they think mm-hmm. to a very high degree and my best friends. But, you know, what noise do you selectively opt to listen to versus not, Yeah, I guess, is the better way of putting it. Yeah, and it goes back to what you guys were saying earlier, which is the mindfulness and listening to yourself and knowing where you're at. Because, yeah, if it's your if it's your parents or it's your best friend, you'll put the extra effort in to like. Right now, I just feel like not talking to anyone, but if it's your best friend or your family, yes, I will break through that. Well, and it's I a shame will. we put you through an hour long podcast. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like. Well, this is terrible. No, um, but it's uh, but you'll like put that extra effort in, whereas you know you listen to yourself and you know where you're at, and then you decide whether or not it's worth putting yourself, exhausting yourself that night or whatever it is for the person that you're engaging with. Right. We need to wrap up before we do. Steve Kane, uh, let our audience know what you're working on, uh, where they can find you. Anything else you wanna you wanna share? Sure. Well, first, just want to say thank you so much for coming over to Microsoft Campus today and speaking with me. This was an amazing dialogue, and you two are awesome, smart, uh, inspiring guys. So I wish well, you both you. Thank you. just the most success, and I hope you get to stay in touch. Um, but I guess for the listeners today, uh, I have an Instagram handle called Strictly Good Energy, uh, where I am using this as a platform to creatively express myself. So if you want to follow along someone who uh, can encourage you to be courageous, is true to who they are, and wants to inspire you to be true to who you are, while also resonating with uh, kind of just the general feelings that we have throughout the week, um, I think you would really enjoy my content, and I would be honored uh, to have you be a part of my life journey. And the website as well. And the website is some of my past writing. So if you go to www.strictlygoodenergy.com, SGE for short, uh, that's uh, where you find some of my work. Sweet. And we'll uh, we'll link up to these things in the show notes as well. Cool. So to wrap up now, um, we'll go around the room. Usually you start. 
Does that still work? I do. Okay. It still works. We'll go Martin, me, and then finish with Steve giving our respective answers to the when, question for this episode. When do you put the pedal to the metal? That's the most radio I've ever gotten. Um, so I think that you know when to put the pedal to the metal when you've clearly understood why you're moving in that direction in the first place. So if you have um, a real good sense of where you want to be and where you're coming from, then you can always ramp up or ramp down and uh, listen to yourself and hit go when it's the, the right time. When do you put the pedal to the metal? Uh, first thing to do to figure this out is to sift through and figure out your voice versus the voice of others. So once you find out what your vo your inner voice is, when it is strong, it will tell you, and it's totally okay to be putting the pedal to the metal. Because right now, my life is pedal to the metal, and I'm 100% okay with that. That voice will also tell me at some point, cool it. And I will be okay with it when that happens. So figure out the voice that's yours first and no one else's, and that will, it, it'll talk to you. <laughs> I think you guys have beautiful answers. Steve, last, uh, when do you put the pedal to the metal? I think it's truly listening to your inner voice. Uh, if you can feel and hear that you should be ramping up and taking more action and being a little bit more aggressive in your pursuit of what you think you might want to get to, act on it. Don't wait, because the more and more you stagnate, the less likely you are to get to where you want to be, and that's when the lack of center of gravity really takes hold. So if you listen to your voice and institute the right pyramid of blocks that you need to put together, we talked a lot about habit building, um, to get there while being patient with yourself, um, ultimately you can get in the gear that you want to get to. Steve Kane, thank you for being on our show. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks so much. Great. It was great. <laughs> that wrapped up our conversation with Steve Kane. Steve, thank you for joining us. We love what you're spreading with Strictly Good Energy, and thank you for making our Seattle stop on the epic road trip memorable. Anything you want to add? Goodbye. <laughs> We will check in with you guys along the way on our road trip. Next up for us is Portland. We're there for about four days. We'll have two podcasts for you coming out of Portland. Those should be really fun, so be on the lookout for that. And remember, you can follow along on our road trip and everything that we're doing at idealemon.com. Subscribe to our email newsletter there. Or Periscope, or Twitter, or Instagram. <laughs> be sure to follow us on those networks too. Periscope, Twitter, and Instagram at Idea Lemon. Periscope's been really cool. We've been live streaming video of some of our days, like our downtown or our walk through downtown Seattle. So we'll check in with you guys in it's Portland. Full of rainbows and Jimi Hendrix. So yeah. check it out. <laughs> That's a hell of a juxtaposition. We'll check in with you guys in Portland. Until then, uh, rock on and, and we'll, we'll, we'll see you soon. <laughs>